Running Light Ministry podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Welcome to this week's podcast for Running Light Ministries. My name's Bo, and I will be your host today. Peter's still out. He'll be back uh, next week, and we're really excited to get him back because he contributes so much to these these podcasts for sure. Um, this podcast is going to be um, a topic that I wrote about. It's uh, really called A Reflection of Us. And it's a blog that I posted on my WordPress site. You can always go to WordPress and search Running Light Ministries, and I think you'll find me there. And I write about um, kind of porn, culture, marriage, the church, those kind of issues. Um, and hopefully they're thought-provoking, just help you kind of think through these issues a little more. Um, nothing's as, as black as white as, as you kind of think it is, and hopefully from the podcast you guys have heard so far, you kind of realize that, that there is uh, so many different sides to things. I even think of just the idea of the economics in pornography, and I don't mean the money that's generated through the pornography industry in the United States, but I'm talking about why pornography becomes such a viable option to people um, within the economic climate that we're in. And it's really something that probably more like sociologists look into. Um, um, and that's that they could probably have a more specific area of study. Um, but I certainly like to, to ponder that and, and think through it and read some economic books and, and see how uh, pornography becomes kind of viable for people to view, meaning in a society that um, allows pornography as ours does, um, uh, you know, what has pornography become to people in general? Many people have seen pornography and many people view pornography um, and um, and they're just normal people. They're not like weirdos. They're not people that are in jail. They're not people that are, you know, raping people or killing people. And you have men and women that um, are viewing it. And why does it become such a, a, in a sense, such a safe place for people, and that's kind of what I've always kind of come to realize about pornography is that it's kind of a, a relatively safe environment um, in the risk economic world that we live in, which carries with it um, uh, some variables that are very unknown. So when you when you're always stressed for money and you don't have money to really go out and date and um, maybe have a family or those type of things or really plan that type of stuff, um, maybe pornography becomes a viable option for, um, you know, uh, pleasure. And it's not just me that, that think this way. I mean, there's many things. I think of a documentary called The Price of Pleasure that was released in 2008. And, um, you know, and it certainly goes over uh, just what the title says is the price of pleasure. What is the price of uh, pornography in a society. And that's kind of what I want to touch on a little bit today in the blog that I wrote. Um, it's really about kind of what we watch. And I'm going to read through it and kind of comment as I go. It says, when you watch or watch pornography, what did you view? And that's kind of a big question that we always like to ask is, what exactly are you watching? Um, I know that sounds kind of weird, but it, it's kind of true. you got to kind of look at what you, you kind of, you know, what you're seeing and um, kind of start asking the question, like, what is it that I'm getting off on? 
you know, one of my, uh, gosh, there's such a, such good passages in the book of, um, Ezekiel that talks about kind of getting rid of things that are before your eyes. It says in verse 7 of chapter 20, um, it says, Then I said to each one of you, throw away your abominations which are before his eyes, and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt, for I am the Lord your God. So it's like a message from God to, to Israel saying, hey, you know what? I mean, get rid of those things that are before your eyes. And so sometimes it's good to look at and just say, what, what kind of, you know, if you're out there and you've watched porn, ask the question, what kind of porn do I view? What is it that I'm viewing? What is it about it? What, what do I like about it? Um, you know, kind of start thinking through that a little bit. Um, it's an interesting question, no doubt, with even more interesting answers for sure, because you're never sure what you're going to get. I mean, could you imagine a wife, you know, if you're having a talk with your wife and, and the gentleman's, you know, watches porn and she asks, what kind do you watch? And he says, well, I watch, you know, sadomasochistic porn. You know, I mean, she might be like, what is that? You know, and oh my gosh, that's crazy. You know, she might think that. She might think you're nuts, you know. Um, yet many people do, you know, watch that. Um, but could the answers we give tell the tale of a heart gone astray? So um, does it tell us a little bit about our heart by what we watch? Um, what do we like to get off on anyway? See, and that's the big question is a lot of people not only just look at porn, um, but they also um, self-gratify to it. So that is another component. They actually get off on it. And uh, one thing that I have learned in working with men is that, in a way, we are all the same in the sense that we all lust, yet in many ways we are different, meaning in what we lust for is different. Um, I was reading a feminist professor, Robert Jenkins, out of the University of Texas at Austin, and he has a quote that has always shocked me. And really has spoken to my heart in many ways. I mean, it goes something like this. It says, pornography forces women to face up to how men see them. So that's a great quote. Pornography forces women to face up to how men see them. And that's true. I mean, there's a part of that that's really true. Um, I'm not going to say a blanket statement and say all, but I'm going to say there's a lot of pornography that really, if you're a woman, you got to look at it and you got to go, hey, is this how men view women? Um, you know, and, and, and that's, I mean, how is that typical in pornography? Well, obviously it's, you know, it's usually a woman who's kind of subservient to a man in a typical kind of pornography, not all pornography. I mean, I don't want to throw out everything here. I just want to just say that there's a lot of popular pornography that certainly has that subservient kind of role. And, you know, the man is kind of, the dude who wants sex and and then and then the woman kind of caters to that and but not just that not just that idea um but it's the idea of what the guy does to the woman you know that i think is what uh professor jenkins is getting at is that pornography this type of there are certain kinds of pornography that certainly you look at it and you just go, man, dude, like, why does a guy always got to do that? Like, why does he have to do that act? Why does he so much want to do that act? What is it about him as a man that that gets off, gets excited, 
through maybe some kind of, you know, holding a woman's neck like he, he's choking her and having sex with her that way. Some, you know, or why does he have to emit his his fluids, you know, onto, you know, really, you know, just like her face or something like that? Why does it have to be like that? And I know that might sound kind of radical on a podcast, but hey, man, that's kind of it. We're kind of letting it kind of fly just as it is in the world. Now, this is, these are images that, you know, your 8-year-old um, are watching today. Your 11-year-old could watch. I mean, anybody could watch these images. So we have to kind of share about it. Now, the other quote Robert Jenkins says is, And pornography forces men to face up to what we have become. So let me repeat that. And pornography forces men to face up to what we've become. Okay, so as a man, I have to look at it and go, hey, why am I digging this? Why do I like it so much? And what does it make me say about women? What does it make me, uh, what is it making me think about women? Um, you know, so I have to, I have to kind of look at that in my own life and start going, hey, you know, maybe I got a maybe I got a problem, or is it okay to look at woman women a certain way? I mean, you have to ask that question. Is it ever wrong to look at a woman or a man in a wrong way? And and if you say yes, it is. There is some things that are wrong. Well, then you have to kind of you got to kind of pony up of where you're getting your right and wrong from. Where is is that coming from? Is that just some subjective idea that you have, or is it a maybe more larger scale subjectivity, like in a culture with just many people feel like it's wrong, or is there an outside of you objective um, truth, a universal truth? Meaning, is it wrong to rape a girl in space as it is on the Earth? Or is it okay to rape someone, a, a man too, in space? Can you go out in space and it be okay now? Or is there a universal truth to it? Is there an absolute right and wrong? And if there is an absolute right and wrong, then why is it there? Where does it come from? Um, it must come from something outside of us because we are pretty arbitrary as human beings we can we can uh, say yes and no to just about anything of morality um, so that's that's a good statement now it says so what do you look at and what does that reveal in your heart now um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, kind of things of the Bible. It says sin is missing the mark of what God intended. Most of us know that. The idea of sin is just the idea of missing the target. And God is the target. And the Bible says he's holy. Um, God did not intend for me to look at other people with my eyes and find pleasure in them when I am to be with my wife alone. Now that's God's intention from obviously biblical text. God desires for one man and one woman. This is what Jesus bore out in Matthew chapter 19. So it's not just something we make up as Christians. It's something that's in the word. I mean, Matthew 19, Jesus says, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? So Jesus says all the way back in Genesis, the 
the the earliest uh, uh, book of the Bible, um, talking about or a book that's referring to the beginning of all things. Um, it's Jesus is quoting that and saying, "Hey, it's from the beginning that man and woman um, were supposed to be together, and and uh, in this relationship that we call or that the Bible calls a covenant in Malachi chapter two. Um, so." Um, you know, that's where we're getting our truth from is the word of God. And sometimes I have justified my viewing of pornography because I wanted to be with my wife. And actually, I am thinking of her while watching, you know, the sugar or pornography, you know, but my heart knows better, you know, and that's so true. It's like sometimes we try to justify those things, but we know in our heart that, man, we just it shouldn't be that way. That's where we get the guilt and shame from um, in watching a lot of pornographies. We know it's we know it's wrong, a wrong according to a standard that is outside of us. You know, we can easily just throw out that standard, right, and just say, "Hey, there's no standard outside of us. There's just only our own standard." But then, if that's the case, then really, who's to say that your standard's any different from my standard? Especially when it comes to viewing pornography at all. I mean, you could, you know, it could be whatever, you know, how am I to judge that, you know, in someone else? So, um, and in my heart, I know there's a lot of guilt um, and shame when I viewed. um, And I certainly don't want to throw out God's truth, the standard that's outside of, of me, you know. And as a Christian, you know, we have a conviction of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit you know, certainly speaks to us. We see that in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, and Jesus' big talks about that, where the Spirit is there to convict us of sin, righteous judgment, and convict the world, too, of sin, righteousness, and judgment, you know. So the Holy Spirit's there to convict us, meaning in our hearts we know something's not right. We know this is not right to do this, you know, that just as Job said, I think it's in Job 32, that we should not lust after another person. Um, you know, other than, you know, we should just be with our wife, you know. So why would I trade God's position, um, the standard outside of me, for, you know, porn, you know, um, in that standard? It seems like a bad trade for sure. I mean, just think about your life. I mean, at the end of the life, are you really, you know, is it really going to produce anything? You know, as you get older, the body gets weaker, I mean, porn's not going to really matter much or satisfy us anymore. It, it's so limited um, in, in what it can do for you. And that's such an eye-opener, isn't it, man? It's like it is it is not going to do everything that you want it to do. It's not going to satisfy. It certainly can tantalize us, and, and lust does tantalize us. But we know as we get older and older and older that it, it, its value decreases. As I get older pornography's value decreases but as i get older god's standard increases meaning his value eternal life being the goal that matters much more as you get older so think about it that way passing pleasures will decrease as of less value as you get older you know but as you get uh older you know what's what should matter more is eternal things because you are closer to the jump to come as uh, Pastor Ray Comfort uh, says in his book Hell Best, Hell's Best Kept Secret which is very cool very classic um, 
Yeah, I mean, my body it will be dead as I get older. It'll be old, old and creaky, you know. And as the body dies, so as the, does the erection too. You know, it's done. You know, so you can see it's going to be an end. Um, you know, eating a steak isn't going to be really too much fun as I get older either. You know, um, because I might not be able to digest it properly. You know, I might not have the teeth to be able to do it. So, you know, that's just a true ism. You know, but God's word is obviously nourishment to the soul. Our soul can be satisfied in God and God alone. He is our portion and He is our prize. I mean, He will satisfy us for this life and eternity. And that's His promise to us: is like you'll never be satisfied in this stuff. You'll never. So, what does your eyes uh, show about your condition? Um, you know. So completing my research over the past couple weeks, this is what people are viewing. Now, this is what a lot of people view. And, and I've viewed some of this myself. Pornography titles like this, Young Girls, Daughters Defiled. Another one, All in the Family. The other one, Blank Your Neighbor's Aunts That Do It. Another one, Mothers That Do It. Another movie title, Doing My Stepfather. Now, I know it's a sad truth here, but men are obsessed with incest, incest fantasy. I mean, it's so true. As Marvin Gaye kind of says in that uh, awesome song, What's Going On, you know. Um, it's so true, man. What is going on, man? You look up some of these porn titles, and sometimes I'm just like, wow, man, they are crazy. And I'm just talking about the incest part of it right now. But, man, it's just really radical. I mean, I don't know what, what you guys think about that, but when I just think over those titles, man, you look up young girls, daughters defiled, you know, blank your aunts that do it. What? That's crazy. Anyway, what would it be like in a world where this was actually lived out? Meaning, what if this really could be lived out? I mean, man, you really could do this. I mean, this is how, this is what, this is what, you're, anything went in sex. You know, young girls. You know, how many people would want to just have young girls? How many people want defiled daughters? You know, want to defile their own daughters? All in the family, sex within your own family unit. You know, how about blanking your aunt? You know, or doing your stepfather? These type of, what if it was just anything went? You know, and all things happened in the world. It was just everything went. Or is, it, or is everybody good with that? Are we all okay with that? Or is there something in us that goes, hey, something's wrong with that kind of attitude? You know, there's there's not a universal okay with that. You know, there is a a wrong in it. First of all, it's an it's abusive. I would say. I mean, having sex with a young girl. I mean, who doesn't even understand sex and doesn't know what you're doing and doesn't know the emotional parts of sexuality um, and maybe her body's not even ready for it, that's that's abusive. And not even to mention people that are doing anal sex, you know, and maybe how abusive that could be to someone who's, who's not quite prepared. Um, in our world, it's illegal to do these things. Yet in porn, it's it's propped up and praised, you know, obviously by the movie titles. It's an illegal act. You can't do these things. It's just wrong. It's wrong 
socially in our culture. So you can't do it. If you do it, you're going to get busted, right? I mean, most of us would say it's psychologically sick. You know, now I, I've hung out with a lot of dudes who, who struggle with sexual things, so I don't look at them as psychologically sick. I look at us as just man really buying into lust and, and having a real distortion of something better. So I don't look at them as psychologically sick, but I must say a lot of it is psychologically sick. I mean, man, it's, it's a bummer to know that, that someone is getting off just on, you know, the titles alone. You know, and it doesn't take much, man. All you got to do is go on your Comcast or go on your satellite and just check out the titles for some of this stuff, and you'll see kind of, whoa, what are we watching, man? Um, it seems kind of like porn companies should be under a different rule than non-porn movie makers due to its nature. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, the nature of porn is obviously intimate sexuality, um, intimate relationships between people. And so it's it's some sensitive topic because sense is a sensitive topic. And if you go, well, no, it shouldn't be. Well, is rape a sensitive topic? Well, yeah, in society it is. When people commit rape, you get busted and you become a sex offender. And that's serious. That's a serious punishment in the United States. And so sex is a sensitive topic in the real world. And because pornography is dealing with a, such a sensitive topic, um, should it should it be under a different rule? Meaning, should it still be able to have these kind of titles and 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 which is really illegal in the real world? Um, but of course, it's not legal. It's not illegal uh, to for the porn industry to do it. But what I'm saying is, because of the nature of sexuality, uh, it seems to me kind of. Like, maybe there should be something changed there. It's just a, a thought. Um, yet I think my Christianity gives me a better scope of the problem and the foundation to move away from it. Meaning there's a lot of people, uh, secular uh, people that try to fit, go, they don't agree with this either. And they try to figure out a way for us to move away um, from the issue. Um, and uh, I do too. The Bible tells us God certainly began the world and told the people to multiply, meaning to have sex, and they did. Yes, people were closely related. Yet a hundred or a thousand years ago, or a thousand years later, from um, the time of uh, Adam and Eve fame, of what the Bible um, claims is the first man and first woman, um, it, Cain and his family came. Um, after that whole time came laws uh, against incest, even in the Bible. You might say, why? Um, did God no longer think it good to take a sister as a wife? My answer is yes. You know, And this is why. See, a lot of people go, well, hey, there was incest at the beginning with Cain, right? Well, yeah, there was. Um, there absolutely was. Now, why did it change later on? And the answer, I think, is pretty easy and that is as time moves on you see people's hearts coming out it's it's no no longer to populate the earth it's no longer to cultivate family or things like that it's it's really become um an abusive um trait in man especially men become uh ones that divorce their wives for any reason um 
doing whatever they want to do to them. Um, people taking more wives, um, you know, for more power or for more workforce become uh, kind of a norm. Um, mo- you know, people, men no longer are thinking of sex in procreation ways and simply going after lustful pleasures at the expense of hu- other human beings. Um was common, and and that's common even today. But I mean, you read the Bible and you see that all over the place, man. Where it seems like the intention to be fruitful and multiply is no really longer there. It's it's really very abusive now. Um, and some of some of God's uh, saints, man, certainly have fallen into all that as well. I mean, they ain't no different. You know, their hearts are corrupt too. They need. Someone to help them from that corruption. Um, God has a heart for people. No doubt he does, man. He has such a heart for us. And he desires to see women and men treated right and good. And I like that. I like that about the Bible, that he sees things and he goes, man, you guys are corrupt. Um, Because he's looking at it from his standard. You know, and I'm glad he's not looking at it from our standard, right? Right, saying, "Oh, well, you guys do whatever you want to do. That's fine. Your standard's fine. Whatever your standard is, it's okay." I'm glad God doesn't do that. You know, I used to listen to Jane's Addiction all the time growing up. I've seen Jane's Addiction a ton of times playing music, man, all over the place. And I remember he used to have this song, and it said, "Sex is violence" in it, and it and it hit me as I as I came to know Christ and started reading about Jesus, and I started reading, dude. You know, I don't know if Perry Farrell knew what he was talking about, but, but, you know, he must have had a different take on it. But he's so right that sex is can be so violent, and and this is why God gave a law of restraint to Israel in what's known as the Torah, um, the Jewish laws to restrain. He gave them those laws. It was to restrain an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That wasn't there to to be like, oh yeah, now I'm going to poke out your eye kind of thing. But it was the idea that you can't go beyond, in the justice system of Israel, you can't go beyond what the punishment was um, and what, what the offense was. You can't just take retaliation into your own hands and 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 have your own set of justice you know, uh, and that that maybe mean revenge. You know, so it wasn't to be there. It was to be the laws there to to restrain the hearts to go uh, and do these abusive acts. Um, and the law was there to show people their heart. It was to show them that they're corrupt before God. And that's what the Book of Romans says. You know, in the early parts of Romans, read chapter three of Romans. And see what it says, man. That at the, you know, that before God, every mouth may be stopped. We all may become accountable, guilty before God. The law is going to show us our sin. You shall not commit adultery. The law says. What does that show me? It shows me I'm an adulterer in my heart. You know, when it says honor your mom and dad, that law shows me that I struggle in honoring my mom and dad. I mean, you go down the list and you see all these areas, and you see our utter failure. You know. That's why the Bible, even Leviticus chapter 18, talks about all these sexual laws. Don't go into your aunt. It says that. Don't do it, man. That is against the the law of God. Don't do that. You know. Now, obviously, we just got done reading about the porn that that glorifies that, but 
says, don't go into your sister also in Leviticus 18. That's porn too. It says, no father should have sex with his daughter. Yet that's popular viewing too. You see, the sex laws are there to show our hearts in the Bible. They're to show us just, man, how we want to go in those directions. And that's what pornography is doing, man. It's showing us our heart. It's showing us our corruption in the law in the Bible is just showing that we're breaking God's standard. Lust that does not care for the other wants to do those things or there would be not this kind of pornography. So if you didn't want to do that, then then people wouldn't buy that kind of pornography. So obviously there's a desire in our hearts for it. And that's what the Bible bears out. I, I The Bible is in total agreement with that kind of thinking. That's why the law is there. It's to say, you need a savior. You need help, 100% help, because you are lost. Yeah. See, Jesus came to set us free from lust and to show us the better way of loving people. See, that's what Jesus was all about. He was about not about lust, of what we want in selfish ways, but it's about it was about loving, caring really for people. What is better for that person? What is the right for them? What is their emotional? Um, what is what is you know what is their emotional place right now? Is this going to hurt them emotionally? You know, mentally. You know, caring for people. Certainly not using sex as a means for gain as it cheapens its purpose and regulates it as a means to gain something for self, though you're with another person. So, man, to me, that that's simple, right? If I use sex as a means of gain, then I cheapen it and its purposes, and I regulate it to something very selfish. And any acts that are very selfish, um, you know, there's consequences to those acts. You know, in our life, it just bears it out, right? Act selfishly, make it all about you. Do things. I mean, see if people want to be around you. See if you really have real meaningful relationships at the end of your life. You know, see, there's consequences. You might say, well, no, there's really not, but y- 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 yeah, there is. I mean, life bears it out. Everybody's life bears that out. You know, so this kind of lust is rampant in the Bible, right? King David, Solomon, and so many others, all were wrapped up in this this issue and this problem. The sex we engage in or view tells the tale of the heart. It tells us about our heart, the type of sex we have, whom we have it with, everything like that. It, it, it shows us our heart. David killed for sex with his neighbor. Solomon used women to build a bridge with his other countries that were around him. It shows the heart. You know, what value did David or Solomon place on these women? I mean, what do you think about their conduct? I mean, is that right? I mean, we get upset when when we hear that Walmart is, you know, using people um, in utter poverty situations, um, giving him a place to work, but the place to work in is what's called a sweatshop, right? And, and we get upset at that. It's 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 using people for our gain. And instead of treating them rightly, 
You know, is there a bet? Could Walmart afford to build a better condition for them to work in? The answer is probably yeah. But do they? Well, no. Why? Because maybe it is cost, not cost effective to the bottom line of the profit that they want to get. And that's, that's what we're talking about here. You know, selfishness in general has an effect, you know. You know, these qualities are the result of, um, you know, or I, I say sex is fun and there is a gain that is to be taken from it. It's the fruit of loving. Meaning that's that should be the gain of sex. It's it's love, you know. That's what we want is a loving relationship, you know. And the Bible tells us that's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all these things. And these qualities are the results of loving sex, which will harm no one. So if you if you have if you have this kind of love that, that that's the goal of of your sexual life. Right, a joy, a peace, a patience, a kindness, a goodness, a gentleness, a faithfulness, a self-control. A lot of porn is not not patient, kind, good, or it's not gentle. It doesn't have self-control in it. There's not a, a ton of joy in there, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of peace. There's a lot of porn that seems very against this kind of way of thinking, you know. But this is what God has intended for us: is to experience this kind of love. So, are you stuck wandering? Uh, are wondering why your relationships are empty. Are you kind of thinking about that? Why is everything so empty in my relationships? But are, I mean, are you tired of giving in to sexual appetite to quench the withdrawal? Are you trying, trying to, are you trying to quench this thirst for something more by more selfishness? You know, see, God has a better way. Um, you know, see, God's ways cause no one any harm. They don't cause a wife harm or your girlfriend harm or your boyfriend harm or the stranger harm. That that's that's if you walk in the love of God as he defined it, a standard outside of yourself, then you won't be harming people. There won't be abuse. So when viewing porn, think through the issue of what you watch, what you gravitate to. And see it for what it is. It's a reflection of you. It's a reflection of where you're at. You know, I always think, God have mercy on us in this dark world. Speak to us and help us to remove those things from which cause our hearts to stumble. You know, when I see the reflection of where my heart's at, it makes me go to God and say, God, I think you're different. I think I can go to someone who's complete. See, I don't want, I don't need a, a human being um, to, to, to fix me because they're still incomplete. The psychologist is still incomplete. The psychiatrist is still incomplete. They themselves need help. But Jesus is complete. He's complete because he is fully God. And he's also compassionate because he's fully man. He can empathize. In all ways he was tested, tempted as we are, yet was without sin. And that's why we can come to Him, man. We we got the best of both worlds in Jesus, man. We have someone who can totally understand where we're coming from, but who also has the standard that's outside of us. Um, because He's complete. He's God. And that's what we need. We need to raise... Up. We need to raise up our standard. We don't want to stay down to the human level. 
because um, that is arbitrary and can change and will never satisfy. So that'll be our podcast today. We thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36, 8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.